0: I thought it was interesting that they did an episode where there were no zombies. There was not one zombie in this whole episode. And I caught it at about 20 minutes in and I noted it.
1: Hmm.
0: And I think that makes for a good thing. I felt like they might have jumped into the whole thing so fast anyway. Because, I mean, in episode one, they're already killing zombies.
1: Yeah. Well, that was the premise, though, of the, uh, the concern, the the crisis.
0: Right. But could they have had, like, a illness going around and kind of built us up to that or something? Oh, or do you think that... So few
1: just... episodes, they've got to they well, jump into
0: that's it. a good point. We're two-thirds of the way through. <coughs> so, what do you think of that? I'm, uh,
1: I'm not a fan. I would rather have it for a long time.
0: Fear the Walking Prequel, Tribal Rants, unofficial podcast for Fear the Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Michelle.
1: And I am Mike.
0: Hey, Mike.
1: Hey, Michelle.
0: So, you didn't love this episode? Not much. Okay. Well, let's just go ahead and dive right into it and okay. we'll pick it apart okay. as as we can. When the episode first comes on, we're kind of going back and forth between Nick and the dirty pool Travis jogging, Christopher's on the roof, and Liz going around doing her Liz various stuff, yeah. doctoring stuff that she's doing. Did you notice that they were playing some really awkward, like, soft, homey music in the background while that was going on? That was the creepiest part about it to me.
1: I think the guy that um, uh, had something to do with the, with the title. He was he's like a, a uh, award-winning uh, composer who put it together. If you notice in the credits, he was he was credited. Um, I think he had something to do with with uh, the title, and I think there's some some connection between the title "Not Fade Away" and, and this guy.
0: This is episode 104, "Not Fade Away." Um, so you think that might have been part of the song? I didn't. Yeah, up, I, so if
1: I, yeah, if I'd had more time, yeah, I would have...
0: But well, we're trying to get the podcast out pretty quickly, so...
1: Well, Not we'll Fade Away was recorded by Buddy Holly in 57. It was recorded by The Stones in 64. And then The Grateful Dead, I think, around 95. But... Um, that's just, at a, at a glance, that's what I looked up.
0: Okay, well, we'll have to go back and look and see because that would make sense but it was just really um eerie how they're playing almost this happy soothing music when the apocalypse is going on
1: yeah the music was by Atticus I forget the guy's name Atticus Ross was his name Atticus Ross and um there was some kind of connection there between him doing the music and not fade away and I I, I did look it up so I'm, I'm not
0: okay um we learn in this episode that they put up a fence and it's a safe zone inside the fence. The military are patrolling in and outside the fence. Everything outside the fence is messed up, but they say a little bit later on in the episode that they have a six mile radius. Mm-hmm. They call it infect free. So they're saying that it's clean for at least six miles a six-mile radius outside this little safe zone that they have. Um, Christopher sees someone. He's sitting up on the roof, and he's, like, making a video of the destruction, the apocalypse, essentially. And he sees what he believes to be is a signal from a building outside the fence.
1: Yeah, somebody signaling signaling him from that house over on the hill.
0: Do you think they were signaling him specific or do you think they were just signaling? Do you think they saw him or knew he was there? Or
1: Well I think they were just signaling to start with and then I think when he started signaling back then they I think they knew he was over there.
0: Okay. Well then we have our opening sequence and it goes into a commercial. It was the really cool, did you notice the Walking Dead commercial? Which, yeah. they, they keep doing this back and forth, which... Why wouldn't they? But it was the characters, the main characters of The Walking Dead morphing from one into the other. Mm-hmm. It's a really pretty cool commercial. But it makes me miss The Walking Dead still. We're still much more, I think, connected to our... How many seasons? Six? Of The Walking Dead? Five? Six? Oh, yeah. Than, than we are to these characters. We come back, and... Travis has been out for a run and he comes in and he and Maddie start fussing.
1: Yeah, they've settled into the whole army occupation thing.
0: You know, it's only been nine days since yeah. it happened.
1: No, um, no, it's just, you know, daily life. Yeah. Plus, these soldiers, they're not. There's something. Sinister. Yeah.
0: I agree. Well,
1: plus, I have, being, you know, retired from the military, I've got a problem with uh, with uh, attention to detail in these Hollywood things that, that don't follow it. There's no such thing as a army corpsman. It's a navy corpsman. The lieutenant said he would ask the corpsman or get the corman or send the corpsman or something. He referred to a corpsman. There are no corpsmen attached to army units. They're only attached to um, mil- they're only attached to Marine units, and these guys clearly are not Marines. Their whole, the whole, you know, they're unprofessional, especially the the commanding officer, and he's only a lieutenant. I mean, he's like a O two, you know, O one, O two. He's the commanding officer. There's, nah,
0: there's a lot of inconsistencies. Yeah, anyway.
1: there's a lot of a lot of inconsistencies with that anyway. But the um, the lack of uh, attention to detail with the the details that you know you if if they're gonna have soldiers in Hollywood, they ought to do a, just a little bit of research, yeah, and get it right it ought to be it ought to be well it ought to be portrayed accurate
0: in 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 all fairness though <clears throat> you being a twenty year retired vet, you can tell if someone's Ribbon is not exactly perfect, or not exactly where they should have been. Well, and they're stuff in their like
1: that. BDUs; they're not even in.
0: Right, right. Yeah. But what I'm saying, I don't think you're being hypercritical over this, based on what you're saying. I think a lot of times it's things that most people wouldn't notice at all. But if if it's if there is no army Corpsman and they are pretend, you know, or they're saying essentially it's the army and
1: they may have something called an Army Corpsman now. I don't know. I've been retired 15 years. That's but, a good one. But I doubt it.
0: Well, I guess that's something else we ought to fact check on, shouldn't we? Mm. <laughs>
1: um,
0: but anyway, Travis comes in and they start fussing. They're really bitter because um, Maddie feels very put upon. Because essentially, Travis has come in, dumped everybody on her, including his ex-wife, his child, strangers who are injured, and and he goes for a jog and leaves her there. We also see that the clock, they have like markers on the clock, so evidently the power only comes on for a certain amount of time every day, so we know that they still do have power. We see the power click on in this episode and in this sequence right here and we see Alicia run and plug up her iPod, phone, whatever it is, her listening device that she's listening to and we see Maddie at some point in the episode take something out of a dryer. So we know that they do still have some comforts of home, but it's only for a limited amount of time, but but Maddie's pretty upset that she's having to essentially Bear the burden of everybody being there, and Travis is just kind of going out and I don't know what'd she say being the hero, getting to do his own thing, going out yeah, and being somebody's front man yeah, or, he's
1: out- politicking.
0: yeah, yeah, and she is pretty unhappy about it, but um the power blips back on and so they rush to do whatever they need to do. Then we see Chris and he's trying to signal the house with a mirror mm-hmm. up on the roof and Travis comes out and tells him that he's got to go in and help Maddie because Maddie just pitched fit at him so he's got to throw her some help one way or another. And Chris shows him the video that he has of somebody signaling and says he thinks somebody's out there but Travis tells him he's got to stop. There's no one out there and the military's told him that no one's alive. Maddie goes out to Nick in the dirty pool and shows him the drugs that she found on the counter, but Nick doesn't want it.
1: No, he's clean. Yeah, <laughs>
0: he says to give it to Griselda, and Maddie tries to talk him into taking the medication because she doesn't want him to have more seizures or, or more trouble.
1: Who names their kid Griselda?
0: Griselda's mother. That's all. That's all I know. I mean, it's another. They're they're from another country. It could be that could be the Mary of the country they're at, or the or the Brittany, or anything. The Tiffany. But I I don't trust this at all. I don't trust Nick at all. I don't know what's going on. But let me ask you a question. Why is Nick in that filthy pool? I understand that the pool filter isn't running. I get that. But does that mean the net doesn't work to scoop this stuff out of the top of it? It's filthy. If you're going to get out there and get in that pool and act like it's hot, everybody's kind of sweaty.
1: Does Nick look like the kind of guy that's going to exert any kind of uh, effort working? Have you seen him working on anything? No, I
0: haven't, but why wouldn't Maddie have him clean out the pool and then go for a dip in the pool? Because
1: he's a drug addict.
0: Yeah, but he's okay now. <coughs> yeah. According to him, he's okay.
1: He's okay because he's been...
0: Well, no, we don't know. Okay. We don't know why he's okay. I'm well, sure
1: we do. <laughs> <laughs> we watched the show
0: <laughs> the um military, the lieutenant, the guy in charge, giving a speech. he says they're this is where he goes into that they're in fact free for a six mile radius outside the perimeter, and he's telling them that they can't leave, and he's laying out the other rules the d z is what they keep calling it, and mm-hmm. what did you say
1: you thought, I thought that it meant? stood for dead zone, but I'm not sure
0: it may yeah um. It's off limits everybody. Anybody attempting to leave camp will be detained. There's a curfew in effect. He's telling them to boil the water and all that kind of stuff. They're also told that, they're, that they are one of 12 safe zones south of the San Gabriels. So they're not the only ones. There's <coughs> other areas. And they're the lucky ones that get to stay in their home and ride this one out. In the crowd that's standing around them, some of the people are wearing masks. Why do you think some of the people are wearing masks, but...
1: I think it's just uh, maybe the super paranoid...
0: The paranoid, you think? I didn't know if maybe somebody was sick, because we find out that the military is doing wellness checks on people, Mm -hmm. and I don't know if they're masking people up, or, or if they're not. A Philly is there, that's... Daniel's daughter and Griselda, Daniel and Griselda's daughter right. and she's asking about medicine and uh, she and Alicia are flirting and smiling and all that with the military guys out there one of the military guys walks Travis away and he says there's a man in the neighborhood that won't submit to the health screening and he wants Travis's help Because his wife, his name's Doug, and Doug's wife thinks that maybe Travis can help. And Travis is reluctant, but he agrees to do it. The military guy, I don't know his name. Do you? The The lieutenant. Is he a lieutenant? Is that what we've decided? Yeah, he's a lieutenant. Okay, well, we'll just say the lieutenant. Anyway, he's uh, trying to avoid a situation. And if the guy doesn't do what he is told to do, they're going to take him down. Is yeah, essentially,
1: like what he's and saying. You want
0: take him out by force. Yeah. Yeah. So Travis goes into Doug's house, and his kids and his wife are all in these hazmat-looking kind of suits, whereas that's not how the general population even right. out there is. And he goes to Doug in the bathroom, who says he don't think he can do it. Doug's just sitting there; he's all calm and everything, but he's just obviously in some kind of a panic, mm-hmm. fear mode. We flash to outside where Maddie and Chris are painting the family room. They got the door open and Alicia walks by and she's got their supplies. She's pulling them in like a little red wagon. So I'm assuming now that the military's handing out supplies of food or whatever people need, correct? Would that be what they're doing, do you think? Yes. Because she's pulling that little thing, pulling like a little red wagon full of stuff and she just looks disgusted. She's disgusted that they're repainting the family room and of course they had to repaint it because they had to kill the zombie and the yeah. what? First, second, second episode. I guess. to get
1: the Third zombie episode. brain off of the wall.
0: I guess it takes a lot of coats of paint to eradicate zombie blood. We flash back to Travis and Doug and Doug says he can't tell them it's going to be okay. Travis wants him to go out there and stand up for his wife and his kids and tell them that everything's going to be okay. And he says, um, Doug asks if they will know that he's lying when he says that. So, I don't know if Doug's intuitive or if he's just scared to death or if he's, I don't know. Or if he's maybe seen stuff that the rest of us haven't seen to this point but we flash back to Alicia and she is sneaking back into Susan and Patrick's house that was the zombie woman from last time she notices the open pill bottle still on the dining room table hey and I figured out what that was remember how we talked about it and I said that I thought maybe Nick had went in and gotten it I don't think that's what it was. I think when they went in the house, there was the open pill bottle because it's sitting beside a teacup. Okay? Okay. And I'll, and I'll tell you why. I think it was already there. Um, but it dawns on me that this is where Susan killed herself because we see the note later. Remember? Right. That she left. So I think Susan took those pills with the tea because it's beside the teacup. And that's how she ended her life. And that's why she turned into a zombie. But how could... Are we just slow, you think? Because that was a hard catch. To catch that, particularly with Nick and the drug problem and all that. Anyway, Alicia walks into their bedroom and she looks at the artwork. And it was some artwork that she had done when she was a little girl. And Susan had it hanging on the wall. She picks up a note that's on the bed and she reads it, and she starts cry and we yeah, feel they were that obviously
1: her. close, yeah, very close, yeah, and she had been in their lives for a long time,
0: right, right, since she was a little kid, and almost <coughs> like a grandparent kind of aunt, aunt. maybe, yeah. This is where Alicia looks down at the tattoo thing that was on her arm that Matt had drawn on her, remember, with... Uh, starts
1: fading out.
0: Yeah, and it's fading.
1: Maybe so. that's where the title came from, not Fade Away.
0: Oh! oh. I bet that was. Oh. That is, because of what we see a little bit later on. Yeah. Very smart. Good. Good catch. We flash back to Doug, who is now allowing the military to check him out, and Travis is leaving his house. So Travis has done his good deed. He's gotten dug out of the restroom and Mm. life's going on as normal. Then we go to Liz and she's checking on a guy named Hector and I don't think we've seen Hector before this. Have we? No. He's another patient and he needs IVs and tube feedings and that kind of stuff. And Hector's wife gives her soup and she points out that it's squash from her garden. So, I don't know if we're pointing this kind of stuff out because Food's kind of starting to get tight or or what, but, but she did point that out. And as Liz leaves the house after she gets Hector all set up for the night, we see Nick watching through the fence and paying close attention to both Liz leaving and Hector's wife kind of tending her garden right outside the door.
1: Yeah, he's waiting for his opportunity to uh, score some more drugs.
0: Right. We go back to Chris, and he's appealing to Maddie about the signal coming from outside the fence as she's hanging the pictures back on the family room wall. That's the fastest drying paint I've ever seen in my life. I want that paint. I want to be able to paint and immediately hang my pictures. Can I do that?
1: If it's in the script.
0: Can we find me some paint? Because I want paint. Um, but Maddie tries to talk him out of it, tries to reason with him, but... She does see his side of it once she looks at the tape. It's hard to... It's hard to not at least think that it's something, right? Right. Which is what makes me like her and what makes me dislike some of the characters. Because if there's something there, shouldn't you open your eyes to it? Shouldn't you... Chris is obviously seeing something. And how frustrating would it be? Not just as a teenager, but as a human being in general. And I think teenagers are maybe particularly easily frustrated. When somebody won't hear you, when you're telling them...
1: So you think his dad should pay more attention to what he's Well, I think Travis paying? should
0: pay more attention to everything. Travis is just oblivious to a lot of stuff, I think, at this point. He refuses to see the things that are right in front of his face he has like a fixed firm belief in his mind based on whatever based on his previous knowledge of things and that's just it he's not even gonna consider anything else but anyway Maddie tries to throw him off you know talk him down from it but then she looks at it and she believes him it's It's proof that something's going on out there. Then we see Nick, and he is under Hector's bed. He's taking Hector's morphine through the IV into the space between his toes.
1: He's very resourceful that Nick.
0: As Hector is breathing heavily above him in the bed and suffering, and Nick is laying underneath the bed, we later find out that Hector has congestive heart, and he's being given this medication, takes some of the pressure off his heart, and so he's struggling to breathe, and Nick's just laying underneath the bed getting high.
1: I think it was meant to endear us to Nick.
0: You feel endeared toward Nick? Yeah,
1: I feel like he's real humanitarian.
0: And then we get a commercial. They do a commercial as Nick's drifting off. When we come back, Ophelia is outside the perimeter making out with a military guy in the back of the Humvee. And Ophelia, you know, he's getting kind of carried away with it and she tells him to slow down and everything. And he says he likes her and she's the only thing that makes him feel like there's good left in the world.
1: Yeah, he's a real silver-tongued soldier.
0: (laughs) And she, she has a weird look on her face. And she asks him if he's gotten any medicine. So that leads me to believe that Ophelia is doing whatever she can to get some antibiotics for her mom. I think she was kind of playing the military guy. What'd you think? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that's pretty sad.
1: I mean she's doing what she you know needs to do to get
0: I know, but that's what's sad is that she would have to do something yeah. like that to get some kind of medication for her mother, who is right. Sick. She's in trouble. But he obviously tried to get the medication, but he says they have all the medication locked down tight. Says his words. Would they do that, just all of a sudden lock down all the medication? I mean, it's only nine days.
1: Well, I mean, I'm sure that if it's a real Army unit, they would have strict controls on, you know, everything like that, sure.
0: Yeah, but we know everything (coughs) outside these perimeters is not void at this point. No.
1: Oh, no. No, I'm sure that there's still lots of stuff to be found.
0: So, I would be surprised, and I'm kind of surprised that Daniel hasn't done something to try to go outside the perimeter to get some antibiotics or something like that. Yeah. Because, I mean, he's pretty strong-headed, isn't he?
1: Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good point.
0: Anyway, it's night time now, and Maddie and Travis are having sex in the car. I guess it's the only quiet place <laughs> that there is since her house is, yeah, the house
1: is full of people.
0: Hostel, I think she said, or something now. Um, but she gets immediately out afterward, and Travis is calling after her, and she just says she has things to do. And she's she's not being very warm to mm. Travis. No,
1: no, she just used him like a piece of meat.
0: Poor Travis. I know. Poor Travis. I don't think Travis minded. I don't know. A whole lot. I
1: mean, a little, little intimate tone.
0: <laughs> Travis asks what's going on with her, and she says she hasn't heard that, you know, you can't really get any information and all that. And he says he wants to know what's going on with her. That she's hovering over the kids, and she tells him that he should pay some positive attention to Chris in place of essentially uh, critiquing Parenting skills, so
1: yeah, she's full of opinions.
0: They're getting kind of well, so is he.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, why wouldn't you hover over your children? It's nine days into a situation like this. I, my children would be tethered to me, would you know? I mean, uh, yeah, who wouldn't hover over their children? But Travis. She, she goes on to tell Travis that Christopher saw a light that he believes is somebody out there and Travis mocks her and he says what am I supposed to do the go to the lieutenant and say my child my kid saw a light and um, Maddie gets mad and she says they've been promised medicine, electricity phones, information doctors and what have they done? What's the military done? Essentially, they've done nothing. And she, she says, don't you think it's kind of funny that they can't even get a landline to be able to call other people? And he says she's paranoid, and he thinks Christopher's paranoid, and he didn't want to encourage that in Christopher. Then we see Maria. We find out that's Doug's wife, Maria. And she comes over with the kids and their are little hazmat suits and everything and they're out after curfew and it's evidently a big deal that they're out walking the streets but Doug's missing she's freaked out his car is gone but you're not allowed, we find out here that not allowed to drive inside the fenced area so she's particularly worried about where mm-hmm. Doug would go and where could he be and this is where Travis hunkers down beside these little kids and he promises them that he'll find their dad um that's a big promise
1: Mm -hmm.
0: to give to little kids then we see it's early the next morning and Maddie is on the roof with a flashlight toward the house where Christopher saw the signal Travis is doing his rounds, whatever he's doing inside the perimeter and he sees Doug's car right outside the perimeter with the door ajar and this is at the same time we're flashing back and forth as Maddie gets an answer to her flash from the house, same place as Christopher did, and then we break for a commercial when we come back. Travis is talking to the lieutenant and the lieutenant's playing golf outside the perimeter. yeah what
1: yeah this the whole stereotype thing. It just didn't. Uh, it didn't work.
0: Well, they're not portraying them in a very positive light. No, they're
1: portraying them like a bunch of rogues.
0: And let me ask you something else. What about the military's family? Would they not bring the military's family there in order to in a situation as drastic as this is in order to keep? No. No, you don't think?
1: No, you never take your family on deployment.
0: I mean, I. It would be hard to keep. I think in a situation like that. The military doing their job when their own family would be in such danger without the men of the house.
1: That's a great uh, point. That's a really good point. At
0: home. But Travis is talking to the lieutenant about uh, about Doug who's missing. And the military, the lieutenant guy says he's not missing. He was found bawling his eyes out. And they took him back to headquarters to get him some help. I'm real curious to see what this headquarters place is, yeah. aren't you? I don't trust headquarters. No,
1: no, headquarters is not a good place. It's they, like a dog that goes to the farm.
0: <laughs> the, the farm? You think it's the farm? Oh no, the headquarter farm? That's bad. The lieutenant says that they can't have that kind of crying and breaking down everything around camp. And Travis says that at least he should have notified his wife. And this is where the lieutenant says he's no social worker. That's Travis's job. And he calls him Mr. Mayor, yeah. kind of sarcastically. And that's he funny. says um, to notify her if he wants.
1: Yeah, notify away is what he said.
0: So you've got this guy missing. And, and he's his wife foo-fooing her away. Yeah, I mean, it's just like it's no big deal. Then Travis tells him what Chris saw and the lieutenant says he did not see it. No one's alive out there. They went house to house, block by block. They can't make a mistake. It hasn't happened and he's already forgotten that Travis mentioned it. Liz walks in and calls Cynthia which is Hector's wife she calls for. She's walked into Hector's home and Hector is gone. His his bed's empty but there is a Dr. Exner there who starts asking Liz questions.
1: I think she's Dr. Exner because she's exing people out of the society. I'm
0: kind of wondering, aren't you?
1: I wonder if she's even really a doctor.
0: I do too. I do too after we get a little bit more information. But evidently they've taken Hector to get him the help that he needs. And Cynthia is leaving to go stay with Hector. But the doctor says that Liz did very well. She gets her like a side and says, You did a really good job considering you're not even a nurse. So, I don't know how she knew that. Hmm. But.
1: I guess they did backgrounds. whenever. I don't know. I don't know how they could. But I No, know.
0: I don't think they did backgrounds. I think it's just something in her care that she gave. Maybe indicated that she wasn't... Liz has made it look like to Cynthia that she's a nurse practitioner, right? Not, not even just a nurse. A nurse practitioner is a nurse with more schooling, um, but
1: almost a doctor, like uh, <laughs> that lady said.
0: Liz admits she lied to get the wife to trust her. She admits to the doctor, and the doctor says that she might need her to pretend just a little bit longer. So, what about that? See, that's what made me think. Okay. Maybe she's pretending, too. Maybe this is a whole kind of pretending game that they're playing. Yeah,
1: she doesn't want to upset the natural order of things uh, as long as it's operating in her favor.
0: What do you mean?
1: Well, I mean, there's no no reason to burn an asset if you can use it.
0: You're talking about the doctor. The
1: doctor is using Liz as an asset Mm -hmm. to do her bidding.
0: Do you think she's a doctor? Mm, I don't know. I don't either. Well, then we go to Maddie, and she is now sneaking outside the perimeter. She cuts the fence, and she is leaving. She's walking past these big wall of memorials and signs and flowers and missing and police calls and all that uh, kind of things and burned out cars. She seems a little freaked out once she gets outside there because she's been isolated and insulated, I think, from a lot of that.
1: And she sees people who were not sick who have been shot. Well,
0: yeah, yes, she does. But then the stench kind of hits her all of a sudden, and she kind of recoils and covers up her face. And this is where I had even made a note that 39 minutes into the show and we've not seen the first zombie they hmm. still haven't shown a zombie in this episode at all. I don't think we've ever seen an episode of Walking Dead or any of this where we have not seen a zombie.
1: Maybe it really is the Army. And they've done a fine, fine job.
0: So I was surprised. But there are dead bodies littered everywhere. I mean, everywhere, which would be Shooting a melee. disease cesspool. I mean, it's... you. Why is the military out there walking around, patrolling, and not doing something with these?
1: You'll have to take that up with a lieutenant.
0: (laughs) I mean, because she's not even a block or so. We don't, it doesn't seem, outside the perimeter, and dead bodies just, just where they fell. We're not talking about dead bodies Mm -hmm. transported somewhere, but that was pretty bad. She sees the military troops coming down the road and she hides underneath a car. And when she jumps underneath the car, there's a dead body even underneath the car. And all these people are like shot in the head. And let me ask you a question here. I'm kind of picking, but do you think there would be that kind of disarray outside this perimeter at nine days, maybe ten days? There was cars burnout, which we did see the looting, so okay, but cars burn out, the grass was overgrown and dead and brown, and it just looked it looked like it had been a whole lot longer,
1: yeah, they're just probably trying to hammer home a point they just want the apocalyptic look now they're rushing it. Yeah, I agree.
0: Because in inside the perimeter, everything still just looks totally normal, and yeah,
1: we go on a vacation and come back after seventeen days, and as long as somebody cuts the grass, place looks great.
0: <laughs> I don't picture a lot of people inside the perimeter doing stuff like mowing their grass, although they may be. Who knows? But I mean, got to get the fuel and stuff. I guess do that. I don't know. Just so odd how broken down it looked out there. But anyway, then we go to commercial. And when we come back from the commercial, Maddie's still underneath the car as the military walks by. Then we go to the doctor, and she sees Griselda. She's in there with Griselda. And she says that they need to take her to the facility, which you say is the farm.
1: Take Griselda to the farm.
0: And um, she says it's a military facility, and there's doctors there, and they can do surgery and that kind of stuff. And then she tells Daniel that... She's going to need surgery. And Daniel says, well, he's going with her. And she says, well, of course you are. She's your wife. Liz and Dr. Exner walk outside and they see Nick asleep in a lawn chair with a jacket over his head. Like like we all would be, I guess, in mm-hmm. an Apocalypse. And she asks him if he needs methadone. And he says he's kicked. He would if he hadn't kicked. Mm-hmm. I assume that means kick the habit mm-hmm. and being done with. Then we see Travis come up and ask Dr. Exner about Doug. And she says she can't talk about any other patients. And Nick hears that Hector was taken to the facility. And he starts to freak out. Because now Nick realizes that he's not going to get his medication, his IV. Drip. Yep. That he was stealing from Hector. Then we go to Alicia, and she is permanently tattooing her arm with a needle and a jug of ink.
1: So it will not fade away. So it
0: will not fade away. She doesn't want Matt to fade away.
1: Unfortunately, Matt's probably already faded away.
0: Maddie comes in, and Daniel asks her what she saw outside the fence. She tells him that she was outside the fence, and she says bodies, the infected, and then she says that a man shot like the rest, but he wasn't sick, and that there was others like that. This is where we hear that she has seen, not only did we see when she was out there, but she's pointing out that everybody that was shot was not sick. I assume that they're talking about how the military is overstepping and something now. Something smells bad, right, other than just the decaying body. Yeah, you're
1: starting to realize that um, all is not right with this military occupation situation.
0: Right. So Daniel tells Matty a story about when he was a boy in the town he lived in and how the military came and they took men out, but they said that they would bring them back. Do you remember
1: that country he's from? No, I don't. El Salvador.
0: What was he El Salvadorian?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that he found them all in the river yeah. when he was just a little ch- a little child, and his father told him that men do evil because of fear. So, what did you think about that story that he told her?
1: Um, I don't know. It was kind of ominous, don't you think?
0: I think Daniel's saying he's seen before.
1: Daniel's distrustful by nature, anyway.
0: He is, but maybe now we know a little bit of his backstory to know why. Yeah. I mean, you see, a, you're fishing in a river as a child, and a bunch of bodies come floating up. I would think that'd be enough to maybe scar. Yeah. A little boy and make him distrustful, yeah. particularly in a situation where make
1: you want to give up fishing anyway.
0: Wow. Well. Daniel says if it happens, it will happen quickly, and you must be prepared. What's he talking
1: about there? you got to have a go-bag, baby. you got to be ready to go. got to be ready for it and know what it looks like when it's happening so you're not a deer in the headlights. Daniel is correct. So
0: he's telling her, essentially, then, to make a plan?
1: No, just stay vigilant.
0: Okay. I thought maybe he was saying have a plan B if this doesn't work have.
1: out. I got I got, you know, be vigilant, just be watchful.
0: And then he stands up and he tells her that he's going with Griselda to the hospital and he has to leave Ophelia and he makes her promise to watch Ophelia and she reluctantly promises to do it. And then Daniel tells her to keep her son close and he looks very knowingly at her. Mm-hmm. So, Daniel knows something. Daniel's, Daniel's well, hawk-eyed.
1: Yeah, he's... Um,
0: and he's smart.
1: He's um, just prophesying a little bit, I guess.
0: You think? I, I I think he suspected more than he prophesied. I think he knew something was all. I think Maddie is, can't see the forest for the trees, kind of. It's that hairdo. I think Maddie has great. Can you imagine my hair in the apocalypse? Can you imagine my hair on a humid day? Yeah.
1: Are there more bugs during the apocalypse?
0: I would think. It would be tragic. Tragic. Maddie is outside looking at the military going down the road with distrust now. Because now she has a different take on what's going on. He's
1: tainted her a little bit.
0: And then we see Nick and he's in Hector's house and he's ransacking it looking for drugs. Yep. Maddie walks in.
1: Yep. And she is mad.
0: She is mad. And his attitude over it, he was just, I don't know, what do you think about his attitude? Well,
1: she's been so tolerant up to this point. So, his attitude was just a result of her tolerance.
0: He just says, what do you want me to say? Yeah. That's just it. Yeah. Real, kind of blase.
1: She went all George Foreman on him.
0: Yeah, she starts beating the crap out of him is what she does. And she's telling him that he has no idea. What do you think she's talking about? Because she's hitting him and saying, you have no idea. You have no idea what, no idea how much she has I mean, you know, because we pointed out I think before, but Maddie almost died getting him that medication to wean him off. She had to go back to the school and
1: That's probably it then, yeah. Makes sense. I mean Yeah.
0: And then we go to a commercial. When we come back, Alicia walks to Nick's room and asks him what's wrong with his face because she sees that Maddie's actually blacked his eye. I don't think she hit him hard enough to black his eye. Do you?
1: It doesn't. just takes the right angle. It doesn't really take, you know, that much.
0: And does it black that quickly? Because it's only been a little mm. tiny while.
1: I don't remember. It's been so long since I've...
0: A week or two, anyway, haven't it?
1: Given or received.
0: <laughs> but... Alicia wants to know who beat him up. Travis come up to the door and tried to kind of intervene with, "What what's wrong with Nick? What's wrong with Nick?" And Alicia's like, "Travis, go away." Yeah. Go away.
1: And he did. Yeah. He yeah. did.
0: To 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 his credit.
1: To his credit. To
0: his credit, he should have went away. You don't think he should have went his away? Travis
1: is a spineless.
0: He should have went away. That uh, wasn't. It was that that was family right there. He should have went away.
1: Maybe you're right, but he's just a little too quick to give up on.
0: Yeah, he he had no business walking up there in my opinion. But Alicia goes in and she hugs him, she tells him everything's gonna be okay, and of course he's panicked again because all that weaning and seizing and vomiting and everything else he's done is gonna have to start all over again because he's he's done his
1: Yep, what drug drug addicts do.
0: Then we flash to Maddie, and she's sitting in her car, shaking and drinking what I'm going to assume is liquor from those coffee cups, right? Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: she's not drinking coffee.
0: Right. Um, And Travis comes up, but but before he can come in, they hear a noise from outside, and they see the military coming into the house to get Griselda. The military has suddenly changed their tune and say that Daniel cannot go with her. That right. they've got two people on the list that are going to go. One is Griselda. Yeah. And the other is... Uh, Nick. and Then we find out it's Nick. Yeah.
1: The drug addict.
0: Nick runs and they hit him squarely in the face
1: with the butt of a rifle
0: yes they do after
1: he's already been beat to hell by Maddie
0: by his own mama yeah
1: and then the army wants to beat on him a little bit
0: Nick's having a bad day
1: Nick's not having a great day
0: Liz sees them taking Nick she's outside and she offers to be responsible for him for whatever that means and they say that Liz needs to go with them to help the people who need her help and she kind of... I don't know. She kind of waffles yeah, about she, it for yeah, a minute.
1: She balks for a minute.
0: But then she decides to go. I mean, she's got a kid there. How old's Christopher? Fifteen or so? I don't
1: know.
0: He's young. Yeah. And she just... She didn't go in. They can't wait literally 30 seconds for her to go in and explain to Christopher what she's doing and that she's going to come back or something. or Or Travis or the family that's let her stay there or anybody. She just can't even... I didn't like that at all. Yeah. yeah. But she's his mother. You don't just leave. You at least go in and say hey, they need my help. I'm going to go help them. I'm leaving you in the excellent care of your father and I'm going to go, but I'll be back. So, she mouths to Christopher who's at the window, don't worry and I love you and climbs on the back of the truck and the truck's going down the road Maddie runs outside yelling after Nick, and the military people stop her. And Liza drives off standing in the back of the truck. So then <laughs> Maddie goes back in <clears throat> to Travis. She turns around and she is beelined for Travis.
1: She's mad at Travis <laughs> over his ex wife.
0: Yeah, she says. she
1: blames for them picking Nick to go.
0: What do you think about that?
1: I can't figure well what I think about the whole thing is I, I can't really figure out what the they're removing the weak for some purpose. Or problems for some purpose. Hmm. So, I mean, are they planning on using these people for labor? What what are they what are their plans that they would need to remove the weak?
0: I don't know you don't think that it could be at this point at least you don't think it could be honest no. that they're really taking them to, no, 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 no. to help them and that they'll return I don't know in the storyline if it's not that they're taking these people to separate them from their families so then part of the story will be them getting back together and even if they were just taking them to help them
1: well that'd be you know That'd be great, but...
0: Because, I mean, if the family's all together, that's not as much of the story. I haven't figured that part out yet. No, I haven't either. But Maddie does blame Liz for them taking Nick. Yes. But you understand that, right?
1: Yeah, clearly, yeah.
0: Because Liz is obviously... She obviously told somebody.
1: She's on the inside as far as Maddie's concerned. Well, she
0: told the doctor. That he needed methadone. I mean, nobody else knew except Maddie and Alicia and Travis, and of course the people in the household.
1: Yeah, Liz has to pick someone to be pissed at. So Maddie well, I'm sorry, does. Maddie has to pick somebody to be well, pissed at. So it's Liz.
0: Somebody took her kid.
1: Right. So somebody must pay.
0: And what about Daniel too? I mean, they were ready to beat Daniel down after they had told him. So, they just told him he could go with his wife to keep peace until they come to get her, Yeah, until
1: it was game time, yeah.
0: Anyway, Travis, of course, looks stunned. He can't believe that... Of course not. (laughs) ...that anything, you know, that he somehow is at fault by proxy, I guess, for having brought them there or whatever. And, did Liz think about leaving Christopher there, her son with Maddie as mad as she is over her son being taken away
1: I don't that think that can't
0: be a very
1: Liz understands that how mad Maddie is I don't, I don't know how she could
0: yeah how could she not if they come in and took Christopher how mad would you be
1: I just don't think that she's connected that dot yet
0: well how mad would you be if somebody come took one of your children forcefully yeah but you couldn't I, do anything about it
1: I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily project that on just Somebody.
0: Then we go to Alicia, and she finds a note. The note, again, from Susan to Patrick. And it's, Patrick, if you find this, I'm sorry. If you find this, I love you. It's obviously a suicide note. This is where we find out that was a suicide note, which took me back to the pills and the tea and all that. Travis is on the roof in the dark, and he sees for sure the the signal coming from the house Mm -hmm. on the hill.
1: And then he sees the gunfire.
0: Oh, I didn't see gunfire. Oh,
1: you didn't. You didn't catch that. No. Them? Oh no, they were. They went in. They 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 eliminated that light yeah, oh. while he was watching. That's what the shock on his face was. Yeah. I
0: didn't see yeah, that. Yeah, when I it thought started, it started. Shock. No,
1: no, and you could hear the rounds going. Oh yeah.
0: wow.
1: Yeah. So they when he that that night when they were signaling they went inside they they went in that house so the lieutenant listened sure and sent. They uh, patrol and they they eliminated that light, but for what to what end is like you know we don't know. Just like we don't know why they're taking people to the farm. So we'll find out, I guess, in the upcoming episode.
0: Well, that makes me wonder though if Travis is now going to be more suspect in place of just go along to get along. We think.
1: Um. Yeah, this could be it for him. Yeah, this could be his. Yeah.
0: His turning point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. His apocalyptic epiphany.
0: <laughs> and then we fade to black and we are done with episode 104. Not fade away.
1: Well, I didn't like it.
0: Tell me why you didn't like it.
1: I don't know, just not it, enough. I just I just did, it just didn't seem very well done to me. I was disinterested.
0: I thought it had a lot of storyline in it we found out I found out other people might have known it before but I found out about Susan and how she died and I don't know I thought that was interesting and then we see them take all the sick people and then Liz leaving and we find out that the military is not the good guys in this situation at least most of them one of
1: us knew how Susan died and predicted it and and saw it a couple weeks ago so I already knew that but
0: what made you think she had killed herself before
1: she didn't have any bites on her.
0: Well, there was no neck bites, but who knows? She had on, you know, she could have had something under a sleeve yeah. or something. I don't know. I mean, because you can get bit and put on a jacket.
1: Well, the pills laying on the table is what.
0: So you thought about that before? As
1: soon as I saw him, yeah.
0: Okay. Well, I was very slow with that then.
1: Yeah, they didn't put it out like a buffet for Nick. I mean, it was, you know.
0: No, I just thought maybe Nick had went in and we didn't, you know, that it was it was confusing to me to have a drug addict go in the house to steal something and there's open drugs on the table and that's how she killed herself.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, it was convoluted at best. I understand. But, anyway, we'll come back next time with episode 105, Cobalt. 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 And, evidently, this is the National Guard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So do they have?
1: That makes sense. Yeah.
0: Do they have lieutenants? And would it be a higher person you want to retain? No, any of your
1: no. The National Guard is uh, the ar- the rank structure is the uh, same as the regular army.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, now we know.
1: But and it's the National Guard is uh, oftentimes used to augment the regular army. There are National Guard troops presently deployed in Afghanistan. Or there were. I don't know how many, um, how many what the troop levels are right now, but lots of National Guardsmen did tours in Afghanistan.
0: Are the and Iraq? Aren't the National Guard, am, or am I mistaken? Isn't it the like state police? Is that what it's sometimes called?
1: Uh, well. Because there's
0: like Tennessee National Guard. It's not the
1: police. It's like the like
0: the the state military. I'm sorry, I said it wrong. But it's like military specific to a state. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. And the government can mobilize uh, his troops, okay, as he sees the need, for, you know, for usually during a uh, a, um, a catastrophe, you know.
0: Which I think this would qualify.
1: This would qualify.
0: So, there's only two more episodes left. Hopefully, I enjoyed this one, but hopefully, it'll pick up and you'll be able to enjoy the last third of the season before Walking Dead comes right back on afterward.
1: And I hope that we see that somebody puts the top up on Doug's Chevelle. I think it was a convertible, was it? On the convertible? His muscle car? It was, I yeah.
0: think. So, they
1: should put the top up and close the door because you don't want to let that. Ruined.
0: That was a pretty nice car. His wife made a point oh, yeah. that it was. like a
1: 1970, I think, or, or 60, either uh, 69 or 70 Chevelle.
0: His wife had pointed out that it was his prized possession, and he left in it, and that's one of the reasons that she was so distraught. Right. So, I don't know. it's funny the things you worry about. No.
1: Well, I'm not really worried. I just pray and, and hope. <laughs> and, yeah burning a candle.
0: You're going to put it up on the wall out there for, you know... Yeah, I might. For maybe somebody to take care of Doug's I mean, when car. When I saw it, you
1: sat out there and attended. I mean, I was, you know, shocked and stunned and deeply saddened by the...
0: Dismayed bewildered. Well,
1: well yeah, by the, you know, the lack of respect for the automobile.
0: Okay, we hope that you'll connect with Tribal Rant online. We have our website at TribalRant.com. You can find us on Twitter and we hope that you'll tell us how you like us or don't or talk to us about what you think about the episode. We can be found at Michelle from TN. Find us on iTunes, rate us, and just connect with us and let us know what you think about Fear the Walking Dead. And we'll see you next time. See you next time. Okay, bye.